off or uh, if you must leave it on vibrate but even then when it goes off you jump around and everybody knows something's gone bad so uh, all right let's try to get back to slide number one I think that's like four or five there Slide number one, if we can. Is that the first one? Ah, there we go. That looks more familiar. Okay. All right. Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24. And we're going to try to finish up uh, the book of Acts this morning. That means we're going to have to move rather quickly as we're going to try to cover four whole chapters uh, this morning, and uh, we are going to have Paul. He was in prison, has been there for um, several months at this point. And uh, verse 24, I mean, chapter 24 and, and verse 1, And after five days, Ananias, the high priest, descended with the elders and with a certain orator named Tertullus, who informed the governor against Paul. Now, we come to Paul's first Roman trial, and Paul was uh, held in court. This was in Caesarea. Uh, this is where the Roman governor was ruling the land of Israel from this point. And if you have time to read Acts chapter 24, uh, we would, uh, uh, would encourage you to do that this afternoon. And uh, let's come down to uh, uh, verse 22. It says, And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, When Lysias, the chief captain, shall come down, I will know the utmost of your matter. And he commanded a centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty, and that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister or come unto him. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He hoped also that money should have been given him, Paul, that he might lose him, Wherefore he sent for him oftener and communed with him. But after two years, Porcius Festus came into Felix's room, and Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. Now, for the next two years, Paul would be called in. He would be questioned. They would talk about things. And... Uh, you know, it used to be really, really bad in New York City. If you wanted to get anything done with the building department, you had to go to the bank and pick up pictures of dead presidents and great American founders and uh, talk to the person with a what we would call a green handshake. Does anybody know what one of those are? And um, I, in fact, I met one of the fellas... Uh, he had actually, not he personally, but some of the people he knew, had actually set fire to the records room because they were trying to cover up all the things that they had done. Uh, 
And uh, they were firemen, by the way, who set fire to the records room. And, and so many of the old records have been lost in the city. But that's the way corruption works. And uh, the Romans were corrupt. It's interesting that Felix, it tells us that Paul reasoned with him of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Sounds like Paul was preaching the same message we hear often right here in this church. Uh, and he wanted to, to get saved, but there was something that was stopping Felix. He was a politician. And so he left him in prison, and when it came time for him to move on to another job, and Festus came into his room, then Felix was trying to think of what he could do to be nice, to show the, the religious leaders of the Jewish people to make it kind of uh, a parting present, and he figured the best thing he could do was leave Paul in prison, and so that's what he did. Now, how would you like to be Paul at this point? I mean, he was being held, he could talk to people, people could talk to him, uh, but he had no freedom. And so Festus comes into, the room, into his room, and no sooner had Festus become governor, he was told he needed to visit Jerusalem, so he goes down and visits Jerusalem, and he's told about Paul. And so we'll go to our second slide, and Festus comes in, and he calls Paul in before him and tries to figure out what in the world is going on and all of a sudden he finds out that it's just a bunch of questions, a bunch of accusations, he said, she said, all that kind of stuff and it just goes back and forth and Festus, willing to show, try to please these religious leaders of the Jewish people, he says, why don't we go up to Jerusalem and have the trial there. And well, Paul knows what's going to happen if they go to Jerusalem. The band that is carrying him is going to be attacked by a band of guerrillas and Paul's going to be killed. And Paul looks at the governor of Festus and he says, Listen, I'm standing before the Roman judgment seat. If you're not going to judge me, I appeal to your judge. I appeal to Caesar, which was his right as a Roman citizen. Boy, that put Festus on the spot. He said, well, if you want Caesar to hear your case, Caesar will hear your case. And then he thought, what am I going to tell Caesar to listen to? I have no clue what is going on. And so he calls in two of the, how shall we say this, darkest characters uh, mentioned in the Bible. King Agrippa was an evil man. Uh, there's just no way to, to put around. He was one of the descendants of Herod and had brought with him all of the perversity of the family of Herod. And um, so they came here, and let's uh, just pick this up. It says, uh, and on the morrow, verse 23, when Agrippa was come and Bernus with great pomp was entered into the pla uh, place of hearing with the chief captains and principal men of the city, Paul, at Festus' commandment, Paul was brought forth. And so 
Festus explained, and then verse chapter 26, it, I, I wish we had time this morning to read the whole chapter, but in verse 1 of chapter 26, then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. And he, as Paul always did, gave his testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. If anybody gives you an opportunity to talk about Jesus, talk about how he saved you. Amen. Uh, give testimony. And you'll notice that Paul did not spend a great deal of time talking about how he was a murderer of Christians and how he did this and how he did that and how he, uh, he just very summarily spent most of his time talking about Jesus. And, and uh, oftentimes this verse is quoted out of context. Uh, verse 24 and as he spake, as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. And what he's talking about there is insane. Uh, he's saying, Paul, he says, you have such a great education that uh, you are insane. You, you, you are not speaking things that make sense. Well, why? He was talking about Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Does that make sense? No. But it's what the Bible says. Has any other person, religious leader been resurrected by their own word? None have been resurrected, let alone gave testimony that they would be as Jesus had done. This didn't make any sense. And look at Paul's answer here. Verse 25, and he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely, for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, almost... Thou persuadest me to be a Christian. That's where that hymn came from, almost persuaded, was from this verse. Some of the saddest words in all of the scripture. He looks and he says, you've almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Wonder what it was that kept Agrippa from becoming a Christian. Well, I can promise some of it was his perverse, immoral lifestyle. Some of it was his position in a society. Some of it was his political power. There were a lot of reasons, but I wonder if King Agrippa is still saying, almost, thou persuadest me to become a Christian. Well, they came and they wrote and they put everything together and finally they put in a letter and sent Paul and we come to verse 1 of chapter 27. When it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustus band and entering into a ship, we launched, I'll skip the big word there, we launched meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, one Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, 
being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius quarterly, quarter, courteously, I'm sorry, entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends and to refresh himself. And when we had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. There we go. And as they were sailing across the Mediterranean, they were having just a little bit of difficulty here. They get to Cyprus and and they uh, try to uh, work things out here. And we come down to verse 7. And when we had sailed slowly many days and scarce were come over against uh, Snidus, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salome and hardly passing it came unto a place called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lassia. And so there is much time spent in verse, now, in verse 9 and it says that the fast was already passed. There was a certain time of year. Uh, the sailing in the Mediterranean was always dangerous. In fact, the entire bottom of the Mediterranean Sea is just literally littered with shipwrecks. Um, here in, in New York, uh, we don't have down here, it's, everything is the ocean. But you get upstate there, Lake Ontario, and, and move over toward Lake Erie, those uh, large, shallow lakes are some of the most dangerous sailing in the world. Now, you take Lake Erie and multiply it by about 40 times, and you have the Mediterranean. It is some of the most dangerous waters in the world to sail. And... Uh, The storms come up because the water is shallow. The ships are bounced. The waves are higher. The the valleys are lower. And and it's just a terrible thing. And and Paul gives warning here. Look at verse 9, 10. And said unto, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be hurt with much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken of, which were spoken by Paul. So they set out and they get going a few days. Verse 14, but not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon. And when the ship was caught, and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive, and running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boats, and so they keep going on here, and tossed up and down, in verse 20, and when the, neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. We come here and find out that that ship had been tossed about in that storm for 14 days. How would you like to be in a storm for two weeks? Apparently, that ship was in the storm, and as the storm moved, the ship moved with the storm. 
Um, not a pleasant place to be, my friend. And not on a place where many, many ships set sail and never came back to their home port. And let's let's look down here in verse 21. But after a long abs- but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, "Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete to have gained this harm and loss." Let's let's go to that next slide. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all that, set, that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, and it shall be even as it was, that it shall be even as it was told me, howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, and we were driven up and down in the Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country. And so they're testing the waters. And let's just stay on that slide before that for just a minute there. And they set out the anchors. And to wait until the day comes to try to make landfall. And the Bible tells us here in the story, verse 30, and the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship. They had let down one of the lifeboats pretending that they were putting out anchors. And the shipmen were going to escape in the night and leave all of the people in the ship. You know, we have a saying today, The captain goes down with the ship, women and children first. Didn't used to be that way, my friend. There were many times that the sailors would find a place where they could save themselves and everybody else that was on the ship ship were left to die. And that's what these guys were doing. Paul was paying attention. And he said... If these, look at his words here. Verse 31, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. I like that. Who's in charge of the ship now? How many of you like somebody that tells you, I told you so? Does anybody like that? Now, I want you to notice that Paul did say, you should have listened to me. But he didn't say that until after the angel appeared and he knew what to do. See, most of us spend our time, you should have listened to me and we wouldn't be in this mess. And we have no idea how to get out of the mess. If you don't know where you're going, be quiet. Amen. It wasn't until after Paul figured this, had God give him revelation and he figured this thing out, God explained to him what to do. Then Paul goes and tells the owner of the ship, the centurion, that you need to believe God. He sent his angel, we're going to be fine. Now, if you'd listened in the first place, we wouldn't be here, but here's how we're getting out. 
Don't go around telling people how, that, about the trouble until you know how to get out of it. Just a little life lesson for the adults to learn from the Apostle Paul. Amen? And so just a few, the next day as the shipmen or the sailors are trying to flee out of the ship, Paul goes to the centurion and said, listen, if these guys don't stay in the ship, we're all going to die. The soldiers immediately cut off the ropes and let that thing and make those sailors stay in the boat. And then we go to our next slide. And the, when the sun comes up, they try to run the ship aground just off the shore. The ship was broken and people floated in on little bits and pieces of the ship. And the Bible tells us in verse 44, and the rest, some on board, some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. And the, the verse in chapter 28 tells us that they were on the island of Melita. Uh, the modern day name for that island is the island of Malta. And uh, there in the Mediterranean Sea off the coast of Italy, they had kindled a fire. And we have our next slide. The Apostle Paul is there trying to get wood and lay it on the fire. And he picks up a bundle of sticks and one of the sticks is alive. A snake, a venomous snake. And that thing lights into Paul's arm or his wrist and bites him. Now look at here and look what it says here. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, verse 3, and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians or the non-Greek people saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffer not to live. Now look at verse 5. And he shook off the beast into the fire. Now, how many of you would have enough presence of mind if a snake were, had bit your hand to reach out over the fire until the fire killed the snake so that the snake wouldn't have a chance to bite somebody else? This is what the Apostle Paul did. Most of us would just start screaming and jumping and turning in circles until we died. Um, and the Apostle Paul shook the thing off into the fire, killed the snake so no one else could get bit, and then he didn't die. He should have. And so they changed their opinion and said, he must be a god. I mean, people do the craziest things now, don't they? He must be a terribly evil man because the snake bit him, and now that he's going to live, he must be God. Well, the Lord had promised those special things, and this, again, if you want to know what was really going on here, God was giving Paul a pulpit to preach from. Paul didn't have a Bible. You see what we do around here? If you have any questions about what I teach, I'm going to hand you this book and say, read it. Paul didn't have that. So God used this miracle to give Paul authority to preach. And history tells us that when Paul left the island of Malta, there was a church there. There was people who believed 
in the message of God. And so they got off of the island of Malta and went into the city of Rome. And we'll go to our last slide here as Paul is going to continue about two more years in a prison. Now, he was two years in Caesarea. Then he had the trial by Festus, appealed to Caesar. He comes and almost drowned on the way in and bit by a poisonous snake and shipwrecked on the island of Malta and all of these things. Finally, he gets to Rome and he has to wait another two years before his court case comes up before Caesar. Now, what is Paul going to do during this time? He's going to keep preaching the gospel. He called the Jewish believers that were in the city of Rome and he preached to them the gospel. He then made contact with the church at Rome. And we read in some of Paul's writings that even those of Caesar's household heard the gospel message. Now, if they were living in Caesar's household and heard the gospel, if Caesar had wanted to hear the gospel, don't you think he had the chance? But did he? No. You see, God does not use all of these things that we would think. I mean... We, we think we need a Christian president and we need a Christian Congress and that will solve our problems. No. We need better jails. That will solve our problems. No. We need people to get saved. You want to fight abortion? Lead those young ladies to the Lord before they need the services of an abortion provider. And then they won't need it. Amen. You want to fight tobacco and uh, drugs and all of that? Get the people saved before they have a chance to get addicted. Amen. You want to stop gang fights? You want to stop intolerance and uh, racial prejudice? Get them saved. If they have the love of Jesus in them, then they can't hate other people. Paul wrote many of his letters from the prison in Rome. And we have still have a great benefit from those even to this day because they, it was God's way of giving us the scriptures. And what we need to do is we need to understand there's a big question. Did Paul go to Jerusalem against the direction of the Holy Spirit of God? Well, the Holy Spirit had told him, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be arrested and things are going to happen. And yet Paul had already had direction from the churches to take an offering to Jerusalem from the churches now, didn't he? That's what he had spent over a year collecting in Macedonia and Corinth and throughout Asia. And he was trying to be a blessing to the Jewish believers in the city of Jerusalem. Remember, the Romans didn't care about them and the Jewish uh, leadership and that hated them. And when there was a famine, guess who had double trouble? Well, the Christians did. Paul was fulfilling his Christian obligations. And as you do that, sometimes you're going to find yourself in trouble. 
But you know what Paul did? He just kept serving the Lord all the way through. That's a lesson from the life of the Apostle Paul. Sometimes there is trouble and you're going to have to walk right into it. But do so being obedient to the Word of God. And God used Paul and his imprisonment to continue serving the Lord. This is the end of the history in the book of Acts. Uh, If we study history outside the Bible, we find that Paul was released after two years in the city of Rome. He made his last missionary journey as far as we know, and this is just from history, it's not Bible. He went all the way to the British Isles with the gospel. The Welsh people, the Welsh Baptists claimed that their church came from a church that the Apostle Paul started. Now, is there any way to disprove that? No. Is there any way to prove that? No. But that is just simply what they tell us. And then Paul was arrested again under the new Caesar, which would have been that wonderful fellow named Nero. And he would be put to death about 68 A.D., two years before the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. Uh, that's the history that we have, and that finishes the historical part of the Bible. Lord willing, next Sunday morning, we're going to spend one more lesson. We're going to talk about Jesus is coming again and just give a little overview of what the Bible has in store and what is still yet to happen. We're waiting for Jesus to come back. Amen? Then once we finish the Old Testament, guess what we're going to do? I mean, finish the New Testament. There we go. We're going to start. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to start the Old Testament. And once we finish the Old Testament, then we're going to start the New Testament again. All right? And hopefully, I hope you don't mind going through the same stories. If you've been here uh, years and years, uh, this will be our fifth time through the Bible. And uh, I hope that we'll use our Sunday school time just to go through the Bible again and again. One of these days, stand up here and say, it was our 45th time through the Bible. We'll see. (laughs) Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless the service to follow, that you'd be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.